0: Quad listeners and welcome to another episode of the podcast my name is Dan I'm one of your hosts I uh, hope you're staying safe and well once again and today is a very special episode of the podcast because we are joined by a very important someone
1: hello it's me Allie
0: welcome welcome you are here with us today and I couldn't be happier about it how are you doing
1: well truthfully I'm doing better than I thought I would be I've been reading a lot. I'm on Stephen King novel number three.
0: Number three. What is number three for you? The Mist. Oh, yes. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. And uh, so you've been keeping busy. Uh, How are your spirits?
1: Pretty, pretty high.
0: That's good. I think we're hanging in there during this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Watching movies. I've been recording some music.
1: Throwing a little whiskey.
0: Throwing a little whiskey and uh, we're doing okay. Okay. Well, I'm really happy that we're recording today because I know a lot of folks are stressed and nervous and uh, we're all just trying to relax right now. So that's why uh, we're going to continue our Shutter shut-in series where we are going to talk about some of our favorite titles that you can watch on the streaming service Shutter uh, right now. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about something special up at the top of this episode. This is something that we are... That we have been included in, actually. So, this is something I'm really excited to share with all of you. Uh, Ali, have I told you about this?
1: You have definitely told me about it, but I guess I didn't know it was out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just figured that out myself. So, uh, okay, what are we talking about? Well, Some listeners of the podcast know about a social media app. Uh, For horror fans, it's called Slasher. Uh, It's fairly new, but it's really grown over the past couple months. It's a really vibrant community of fans now. I'm on there myself, uh, at Gory Booker, and I love it. Anyway, the creator of the app, uh, Damon, he has put together this really cool initiative uh, that is for both creators and fans. It's called 50-plus things for a horror fan to do during a pandemic.
1: And where can everyone find the list?
0: That is a great question. Uh, it is at slasher.tv/50things. Five zero things. Very simple and absolutely worth a look. Uh, what I love about this list is um, it's a wonderful group of talented, passionate creators for sure, which is which is true. But it's all people who are part of the community on Slasher.
1: I love it. Right. I feel like we were just talking about this the other day, because it's always important to look for those things that give you hope and make you happy during times like these. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we always talk about how communities of horror fans are special. There's just something about them. And it's not just that we're fans. There are so many examples of the horror fans supporting one another, whether it's through Kickstarters or fundraisers during hard times or promoting each other's works, or even just getting together to watch and talk about movies. Yeah, totally. It's always good to see people coming together in that way, but it means even more during times like this.
0: I completely agree. And that is one of the reasons why why I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy that we are a part of it. Uh, It's really cool to be listed alongside podcasts that I like, like the Guts podcast and Graveyard Shift and Creep Academy. But I'm I'm really excited to check out the other shows that uh, that I haven't listened to yet. I'm just kind of learning about a few uh, through this list as well, which is really cool.
1: I'm also seeing a couple YouTube channels on there that we know are pretty cool. I think we've watched videos from both 3B Video and Embrace the Film, and they're both great channels. Yeah,
0: yeah. Embrace the Film is actually really awesome. (laughs) Uh, It's hosted by uh, Oliver Buckley, who uses a puppet to host the show. Uh, Really detailed and thoughtful reviews there, and uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, Hustle is unreal, so definitely check that out.
1: There are even a handful of authors and filmmakers on there, right?
0: Yeah, on the list for sure, yeah.
1: So please definitely check this list out.
0: Yes, please. Please check out this list on Slasher. Uh, Again, we are honored to be included on it. And uh, for any listeners who come to the show uh, from that list, welcome. And thank you so much for listening. But also, please check out the other creators on the list. Please support these other people in their work. Yeah.
1: Shout out to creators supporting creators.
0: Absolutely. We are all in this together.
1: Shall we get into the topic of the episode now?
0: Yeah. Great idea. I'd love to.
1: We probably don't have to explain Shudder again, do we?
0: Uh,
1: No, I mean, I feel like I covered that on the first
0: episode of this series from last week. But, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're lost in the episode, you're like, what are they talking about? Uh, Just go back and listen to that last episode, the Shudder Shedding series, uh, volume one, uh, to figure out what I'm talking about. Because I want to get right into the content today, if possible, because there's so much cool stuff Mm -hmm. to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time setting the stage here or talking about what the service is, really.
1: Maybe a short version?
0: Okay, yeah, that's reasonable. You're right. Okay, so uh, Shudder is a streaming service specifically curated uh, for fans of horror and thrillers and other kinds of intense or challenging cinema or whatever. And uh, I've been a fan of the service. We both have for a while. And uh, right now they're offering a promo. You could get 30 days of the service commitment-free using the code SHUTIN at checkout. All caps, S-H-U-T-I-N. Uh In one word, yeah. So even if you take uh, advantage of that promo, it's kind of easy to get lost in the library, like we said last time. You know, they have a really uh, good library that deserves attention. So uh, the purpose of these episodes is to give you all some recommendations of some of the favorite titles that we have on there and give us a chance to talk about them a little bit.
1: I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, it
0: wasn't too long. I was worried about getting potentially stuck in a rant there.
1: Yeah, that is a risk sometimes.
0: Too true, too true.
1: Well, last episode, you started out by giving some basic suggestions about where to begin on Shutter, giving some solid but fairly standard recommendations.
0: Oh, fairly standard. Okay, all right. I'll
1: take that note. I'll it's ta- not an insult.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just saying uh, this is why I love having you on. Uh, I always say, and I mean it, that you have better and more adventurous taste than I do in so many ways, and so I'm excited to get that in the mix here. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I liked your idea for the episode, and I have a lot of movies I liked that fit it.
0: Excellent. Well, I, I've got a few I'm really excited about as well, so, uh, you know, let's say it. Today, uh, I am excited to say that we are going to kick it up a notch. Today's theme is, well, the theme to the recommendations, that is, uh, if you want to call it that, it's international cinema.
1: Movies with subtitles, essentially, unless you speak multiple languages. Yeah, totally, you exactly. do, props to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, total props to you. That makes you much smarter than me. Uh, My remedial understanding of any other languages. So uh, we're going to take this opportunity as well to get a little bit more intense and weird with our recommendations here uh, too. one of the first episodes of the podcast that we ever did was about extreme cinema. And I have mentioned before that I have a taste for that kind of stuff, but I feel like we haven't really dipped our toes into that territory in a while maybe our body horror episode was like the last time
1: oh maybe so
0: I wanted to take the opportunity to do that at least a little bit today
1: very excited to do that
0: absolutely so but before we get into these movies you know I want to talk about uh that overarching theme a a little bit more because I really feel strongly about doing an episode along these lines about this topic because this conversation has come up a, a lot over the last year about subtitles and cinema with subtitles um and as you may guess, it might be due to a little Oscar-winning film called Parasite.
1: A little. It has definitely <laughs> taken this conversation mainstream. Totally, I totally. I don't think we need to spend too much time explaining Parasite, because I assume we're all at least a little bit familiar by now. Yeah. But briefly, I guess. Mm. This movie swept a lot of the big awards at the Oscars this year, and in doing so, broke new ground by being the first foreign language film to win Best Picture. hmm Director and writer Bong Joon-ho made some pretty powerful points on the awards circuit about how important it is to be open to foreign language cinema, saying, Once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films.
0: Now, you know, I absolutely love that quote, and I really think it's true. Uh, Watching international cinema is so, so rewarding for me. I think it has been for both of us, and I can't recommend it uh, highly enough. Uh, if it's not something that you're usually into, or if that you not tried it before, because it really is amazing. But the reason I wanted to talk about this a bit today is not just because the films on the list are among my favorites, not just on Shutter, but just kind of in general, but uh, I also wanted to talk about this because, you know, I know many people don't like watching movies with subtitles, and so therefore I know many people don't like to watch international cinema. And while that may be disappointing... I get it. I honestly do, because I've heard a lot of the explanations people give. I'm sympathetic. Uh, Even when, you know, I don't fully agree, you know, I get that people feel like they can't fully focus on the visuals if they have to read, especially in certain kinds of, like, high-octane and visually rich material, stuff like that.
1: And even more basic, and I don't like this explanation, but I get it, kind of... I've had people say, I want to watch a movie. I don't want to read. Yeah. Again, I don't like that one, but I've heard it.
0: Yeah, I have too. Now, for you and I, we we prefer to watch everything with subtitles if we can.
1: Absolutely everything.
0: And part of the reason is hearing related, because my hearing is not so good after playing loud music for years without earplugs like a dummy. But in general, I just feel like there are things that I catch and process better, or even just appreciate more when we have the subtitles on.
1: Absolutely. It really helps with catching not only plot details, but it shows good writing better. I agree. But I think one of the reasons why Parasite was good for starting this conversation is simply that it's a great movie. And the subtitles in no way get in the way of that. And because it's so well paced and because the acting is just so good... It's a really good way for people to dip their toes into watching these types of films yeah. and understanding that it doesn't have to get in the way. yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, because Parasite is just so well made and so well executed, it's easy to take in everything that's happening and even forget about the subtitles. And people having that experience may hopefully feel more inclined to take risks in other stuff they watch.
0: I hope so, and I I couldn't agree more. It really is a a great introduction to that kind of stuff. But for horror fans in particular, you know, I think that this is an especially important thing. Because truly, this is how you and I got into watching more international cinema. It it was just horror. I mean, it came from an absolutely voracious appetite for horror movies that we had. Still have. Still have. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's like we're running out of English language ones to watch, but, you know, time and time again, so many of the best horror movie lists or whatever, the recommendations that we would see, they were always international
1: cinema. Lots of French movies and Japanese, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Japanese cinema has such a rich history of horror. It's just kind of impossible to avoid if you're a fan. So, you know, it was inevitable to some extent.
1: Exactly. So, since we didn't mind subtitles anyway, we just naturally fell into it.
0: Yeah, but for folks who, you know, who this is not so easy for, folks for whom watching a movie with subtitles is outside of your comfort zone, you know, we've not only got these amazing recommendations for you, which may change your mind, but we also have some advice, uh... Try watching movies in English with your subtitles on and just kind of get used to having them there. Because once you're used to it, I I never have problems paying attention to what's in frame and also reading at the same time. Your brain just kind of does it all at once when you're more used to it or acclimated to it. Is that fair to say, Allie?
1: That's how it works for me, at least. But also, truly, beyond the promise of finding some amazing movies, it can be an an important thing for expanding your worldview. I mean... Mm. It sounds simple, but you really do get exposed to other cultures, and that's an enriching thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I. I kind of think that that's what may scare people away sometimes, too, now that I'm thinking about it, like this culture shock. Hmm. Uh, You know, of course, that's a thing sometimes in some of the movies that we watch. But at the end of the day, you know, this is this is what I love about horror, too. It also shows how similar we are in some ways because we all get scared. And there are some things that are just universal. We feel fear and loss and tragedy and, you know, so much more. And, And so many cultures express that through horror.
1: It's true. And it's important to see how that brings us together. But it's also important to acknowledge and appreciate the differences and what makes us unique.
0: Well said. I totally agree.
1: But at the end of the day, and especially for the purposes of this podcast, it really is about getting into some badass movies. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And and with that, I say we dive right into our recommendations.
1: Let's do it. This is a pretty brutal list, by the way. Some really extreme movies here.
0: Yes. You know, I have to admit, I'm really excited about that.
1: I want to start out with one I really like a lot and wanted to make sure we highlighted, which is Tigers Are Not Afraid.
0: Fantastic choice, fantastic choice. Great place to start. I love that. movie.
1: It's a great one. It was written and directed by Issa Lopez, and it came out in 2017, and it is streaming exclusively on Shudder, so that's the only place you can watch it. It's a great example of what makes international horror so vital and important. Because it's a movie out of Mexico that takes place in Mexico, and it deals pretty explicitly with cartels on the drug trade. There's some really heartbreaking imagery right in the first minutes of the movie that paints such a sad and powerful picture of what life is like for children in these circumstances.
0: Yeah, totally. Definitely don't want to give away some of those images because they like took the wind right out of me like when we first saw them. And I should say that this, this is essentially a movie about children.
1: Absolutely. And the child actors are incredible. But what makes it a horror movie isn't the setting. It's when our protagonist, a young girl who has lost her mother, learns that she can make wishes with a few special broken pieces of chalk and the consequences of those wishes.
0: You know, I I love how vague you're being because, yes, that is it exactly. But there is there's so much more to it.
1: There really is. This one is often described as a dark fairy tale. And I think that's a fair description. There have been many comparisons made to the works of Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And it's easy to see why. The movie definitely does the del Toro thing of bringing fantasy into real-world issues to tell a powerful story. Yeah. But I would say it definitely gets much darker than he's ever gone, in my opinion. Darker and grittier. Yeah,
0: I I agree. And the skiers are great, and the shocking moments are are very shocking. Uh, But the thing—I think one of the reasons why it just works so well, outside of just amazing directing, it looks great, the writing is great— It's just the characters are so strong and it's so easy to get invested in them and their lives and their relationship. They really draw us into it personally.
1: Definitely. It makes it matter and makes it hit closer to home.
0: Exactly. And I, I definitely think it's a great start to our list. I would even say it's another kind of good and gentle introduction to international horror for folks who aren't used to that, actually.
1: How about you list one now?
0: Well, I would love to, but actually I'm going to kind of very quickly recommend two two. Yes, and there is a reason for that. My two recommendations are Audition and Ichi the Killer.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Exactly. Now, both of these are Japanese films we just said rich culture of horror in Japan, which is true. Uh both infamously uncompromising and brutal movies, both infamous among horror fans in their own right. Uh and both of these are from the f- same director, to a man that we have mentioned on this podcast before, by the name of Takashi Miike. That's right. Now, I picked these two because I-, I I think that they're both you know amazing, and they're both conveniently streaming on Shutter, obviously, and they're both from the early two thousands ish. But also, it's because they are arguably Miike's two most recognizable movies to horror fans, I think, and uh, it acts as a super good primer to his work uh, because Miike is an unbelievably prolific director with a long career making movies. He has over 100 directing credits to his name now. Anyone with a filmography that big, it could be very daunting to get into their work, right? I completely understand. But I think that it is very much worth it for this guy because he, has, he really has done a little of everything from thrillers to horror to a musical uh, to anime movies. And uh, this is just a really, really great way to get into him.
1: We should probably say these two movies are very different from one another. Oh,
0: no question. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good point. So Ichi the Killer is an almost cartoonishly over-the-top Yakuza story, Yakuza story, excuse me, that honestly looks and feels like a hyper-violent manga come to life with some truly unforgettable characters and scenes that will make you never think about meat hooks or snake bite piercings <laughs> the same way ever again. Uh While Audition, on the other hand, it truly gives a new meaning to the term slow burn uh, with a climax and final scene that has made it without exaggeration absolutely just legendary in the world of horror.
1: I want to say for Audition, stick with it. The fact that it starts out essentially feeling like a romantic comedy is very much intentional. It pays off. Let me just say that. Yeah,
0: it absolutely pays off.
1: Just want to say again that these two movies are incredibly intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
0: think it's good to harp on that point because these are two movies that are in no way for the faint of heart. Uh but I know quite a few horror lovers for whom this is a selling point and not really a warning, which is another reason why we're doing this, honestly, because if you're bored of American horror and you just feel like you've seen it all...
1: You haven't.
0: No, yeah, exactly. I can absolutely assure you that you have not. And Audition and Ichi the Killer are two great horror staples that are not just great examples of the most intense side of what Japanese horror has to offer, but also an introduction to a truly excellent director, as I said, who is featured on Masters of Horror alongside John Carpenter and Joe Dante and Mick Garris and everyone else, so just food for thought there. This guy is the real deal.
1: I want to shout out South Korean cinema for my next pick.
0: Fantastic. Yes, please do.
1: So, this is an incredible movie called The Wailing. Yes, The Wailing! It's a a two-and-a-half-hour-long South Korean horror epic, and I do not use that word lightly, but how else can you describe a movie that covers aspects of zombie movies, possessions and hauntings, and crime thrillers, And makes it all look so effortless.
0: Yeah, it's true. And that's a really great way to put it, too. It covers so much ground so effectively to tell its story.
1: And it's really quite a story. One thing I love about this is that it kept us guessing from start to finish.
0: It really did. You and I, we we just could not figure it out to the end. It was really great.
1: The entire time. So to get a little more specific, this is a 2016 film that centers around a police officer trying to solve the mystery of a strange outbreak as it begins to affect his family, Again, the great characters in this movie are really what make it work.
0: Great characters.
1: Our lead starts off as a really goofy and lazy, but immediately likable. And so seeing the emotional arc his character takes is so satisfying. Yeah. It also just looks beautiful. So many gorgeous wide shots of the sprawling South Korean countryside that can make it look either beautiful or ominous, depending on the scene.
0: Yeah, that's well put. I also like this one because it's kind of... It's kind of a little bit of what we were talking about earlier, right? Because I've seen some people talk about a bit of a culture shock with this movie because the setting is so distinctly Korean. You're like, we really can't confuse it for anywhere else, especially because it's it's rural. It doesn't really take place in the cities that much. But like Parasite, I, I think that this movie is so well made that you won't get bogged down by that aspect of it. And it might encourage you to check more stuff out, like we said.
1: Definitely. I would honestly say that there are parts of this that remind me of stuff like The Conjuring movies in a way. Oh, interesting. And that it's kind of plot-driven and cinematic, but also has these strong characters. But honestly, and no disrespect to those movies, The Wailing kind of feels like the next level of that stuff for me. I agree. It's a bit more adventurous and ambitious, and the scares are even more grim.
0: Yeah, it it is more ambitious. I think that that's a really great way to put it. And I I feel like we're always trying to get People to watch this movie as a result because <laughs> it it blew our minds when we first saw it. Honestly.
1: Oh yeah, it used to be on Netflix, but now it's only on Shutter.
0: I know it. Fantastic pick. Great. Thanks. Well, I you know I'm very excited to get into this next pick, although it is a little bit more out there.
1: Let's get into it.
0: So this is a movie from Germany. It's called Lose.
1: Ooh, I really liked this yeah, one.
0: Lose, L U Z. I like this one too. Um, honestly, I kind of loved it. <laughs> uh, it's A bit experimental and disorienting in some ways, in many ways, honestly, but I I found it so effective.
1: This is one that I can see alienating certain people, though, because the way the story is told is pretty unusual and disorienting to begin with, and then adding the subtitles could be tricky for some.
0: Yeah, well, you're right. I know that this one is kind of asking a lot in certain ways, and I will say that if you're not comfortable with international cinema or subtitles, this one may not be for you, because there are actually two languages spoken in this movie, German and Spanish. And uh, that fact actually kind of plays a big role in the plot. So it requires more than just kind of reading and paying attention. It requires uh, understanding when a language shift has taken place. Uh, I mean, there are subtitle cues during the switch to let you know, like, there's a switch between language but i guess i'm just saying that i understand that this one can be daunting to certain folks
1: well if that doesn't sound scary to you and you're a horror fan looking for something different this movie may be just what you want
0: yeah and maybe it'll blow your mind like it blew mine (laughs) uh this movie centers around a cab driver named Luz, and it's about the process of interrogating her in a local police station regarding an accident that she was in and in order to do this The officers put her into something of a hypnotized kind of state where she's going to go through the accident again in her mind. However, Luz got into that accident because of a malicious entity that inhabits other people's bodies and who ultimately wants to possess Luz.
1: I'm glad that you gave that description, which is slightly more than we usually give, because the fact is... Those details may not be immediately clear to some people. Yeah,
0: totally, and that's exactly, yeah, that that's why I did it because the way that Luz is is told is very stylish, right? And and it's visual with many things that are only being hinted at or implied story-wise. And you know, it's funny because in in some ways the dialogue actually tells you everything that you need to know in certain scenes, but without certain context or points of reference, it's really easy to not even realize that that's happening.
1: It's true. There's a monologue by a character early on that explains almost exactly what is about to happen. But you don't really realize what she's saying at the time. Stuff like that makes this one really cool to rewatch.
0: I totally agree. And, uh, yeah, rewatching it actually isn't hard to do, I should say, because this movie is barely about 70 minutes somehow. It's like it's over 70 minutes, but barely. So it's ridiculous to me because... In my opinion, so much is packed in there, despite there being many slow and atmospheric moments as well. Uh, The visual style is kind of grainy, the camera quality that is, with like a dark, tannish color palette in many scenes. It it really contributes to this sense of kind of like unease and building Mm. dread. Uh, This movie is a brilliant example of how a creative script and creative directing can overcome the fact that there is basically no budget. Because it seems like this was made for very little money, and I love it because it, it doesn't need it.
1: Despite how experimental and disorienting this one is, I think it's incredibly inventive and very tense. And because it's so short, I think this is a great way to try some weirder and more challenging horror that is also international cinema. Took
0: the words right out of my mouth, Allie. Took the words right out of my mouth. So, I try. <laughs> for folks uh, looking for like a tonal comparison in like another movie or whatever, like think erase her head, Uh, but don't overthink that comparison, just in the sense of, like, tonal, experimental unease and visual weirdness in general.
1: I see what you mean. Yeah, it's, like, not the
0: best comparison, but that was what I was thinking of. I I think it works well enough. Uh, Anyway, uh, you want to get into your last pick?
1: Oh, yeah, and I love this last one. It's not exactly horror in the traditional sense. guess this one is kind of like a thriller drama, but it's incredible and absolutely deserves a mention as a Shudder exclusive. This one is out of Finland, and it's called Dogs Don't Wear Pants.
0: Yes, phenomenal movie, and I'm so happy that we're talking about this one. And I will say that even though it's not strictly horror, I think that you, if you are a horror fan, you will not be disappointed by this film.
1: This was the winner of Best Picture at Fantastic Fest in Austin, which is really saying something, as it was a big year. Mm-hmm. But after seeing this movie, it's easy to see why. Not only is it stylishly shot, and I really mean it, it's visually beautiful, particularly the lighting, but our two I completely lead, agree. But our two lead characters and their stories in this film are just so compelling and so well told.
0: That's completely true, but it does not pull its punches either. It definitely doesn't.
1: Absolutely not. This movie is totally based in reality. So it's not supernatural or anything. And I'll say right now, it's not a slasher or anything of the sort. But it's definitely an uncomfortable movie in a lot of ways, with some shocking moments.
0: Yeah, more than a few, in my, in my humble opinion. Gosh, how do we talk about this one without giving too much away?
1: I think I know how, or at least I can try.
0: By all means, go ahead.
1: So this is a story of a doctor who was also a widower and now a single dad. He seems like a really straight-laced guy, but we see that the loss of his wife has devastated him and strained his relationship with his daughter. But the movie takes a particular focus on how the loss of his wife has affected him sexually and how he is unable to cope in that way. Hmm. And he just feels totally lost. But then by coincidence one day, he meets a dominatrix or a dom who completely changes his life. And through her and what she does, he finds a fulfillment and a connection to the memory of his wife, which completely throws his life off its axis. You're
0: right. You did... A really great job of describing it, and without giving too much away here, it's that connection to trauma and the memory of his wife and how that is explored that really makes this work so damn effectively for me. Those sequences, like I said, it's just like a punch to the stomach.
1: Absolutely. Our protagonist is often unlikable, but in, in those moments, it's hard not to have empathy for him.
0: Totally. I completely
1: agree. But for me, it's all about the character of Mona, the Dom. Yeah. She's so fascinating, and the movie really keeps us guessing about her backstory, only showing us bits and pieces and leaving us wondering.
0: Yeah, I really, really like that about about the movie and the way it shows her. She's a fascinating character, and uh, Krista Kosinen puts in a fantastic performance as Mona. She is so great. Uh, one thing I really like is that we get to see what being a dominatrix means to her in a way and what she gets out of it, why she's in it.
1: Yeah, I loved that. Honestly, this movie is pretty respectful and interesting in its portrayal of BDSM relationships Yeah, and the kink community in general. Like, again, without giving too much away, while some characters are portrayed as not getting it or being in it for the wrong reasons or whatever... I think we as an audience can see that about them, and it's balanced out by representation through characters that are not like that and who are just living their lives in the community. Yeah,
0: it's true. In a way, this is just the story of two people's role in that community, two specific people, their role in that community, and how their lives intersect from different walks of life because we do get to see their their personal lives and where they come from. True. It's really hard to compare this movie to anything because it's— unique in some ways but if i was going to give it kind of like a twisted comparison of a sort it's kind of like cronenberg meets flatliners
1: that's quite a way of putting it but i see what you mean i think
0: yeah i think that our again i don't want to give stuff away but i think our listeners will understand why after they see it or at least i hope so
1: please check these movies out yeah please
0: check them out and, and please let us know you know what you think as we said before we'd love to hear from you
1: is that about it
0: yeah, I think it is. I think that about wraps us up. Thank you so much for listening, folks, for sticking with us. Please remember to check out that list at tv uh, slash five zero things. Uh, thanks again to Damon for including us on that list. And thank you to all the other creators on there. It's an honor to be alongside you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Spooky Guy Dan and email us if you got any questions or comments. SpookSquadPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please consider subscribing and... Please, even more important than any of that stuff, support the other creators on that list and stay safe.
1: Wash your hands. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah wash your hands, everyone. Wash your hands. From Spook Squad, this is Dan
1: and Ollie
0: signing out. <laughs>